The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Jim Fox and Dr. Janine Fox. Our show is based on science-backed information on alternative and natural approaches to health. You'll hear the clinical pearls, real-life stories about real patients and situations. It all comes together so that you can live your best health. Now, here are the Doctors Fox. And welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Dr. Jim. And I'm Dr. Janine. And we've got another segment here tonight of uh, hopefully some information that will help you live healthy and maybe even be healthy. All right. We always start out our, our first segment of the show with uh, something we call In the News. Mm-hmm. And uh, Janine, we've got some interesting stuff in the news just hey. Oh, yeah. The first one we're going to talk about is how lack of sleep can increase the risk of common cold. Yeah. You know. In the past, you know, the CDC and all their infinite wisdom uh, has actually said that they've referred to the insufficient sleep as a public health epidemic. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, more and more people you talk to, they don't, they say, well, I don't have time to sleep. And I'm like, you better make time to sleep if you want to be healthy. Because, of yeah. course, that's what we try to do is make people optimal and help them live the best and be healthy. And you can't without sleep. And that's right. just another one of those, you know, research papers that proves it that you're either going to get the common cold way more likely if you don't actually get what they said was they looked at people that who only got six hours of sleep a night mm-hmm. and they were, uh, or less, or six less. hours or less. Mm-hmm. And they were four times more likely to catch a cold four after point, exposure. 4.2 four times. Point, okay. 4.2 times. Two time, right. You know, likely to catch a cold after exposure to a virus than people who got seven or more hours of sleep. Right. And, and that it, was actually, I mean, a pretty it, significant difference. Well, and what was really interesting, because I, I talk to people, they say, well, I, I sleep four or five hours a night. Okay. That's all I need. That's, That's all I, I need. need. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I hear that all the time. Okay. Um, personally, I need a little more than that. But th- these participants in this study who slept less than five hours were 4.5. Five times more likely. Right. It actually even went up with Ooh, less sleep. Yeah. And so, you know, ba- and they were saying that uh, according to U.S. National Sleep Foundation, that one in five Americans actually get less than six hours of sleep on an average work night. That's 20%. That's a lot. That's a lot. So we're not just talking about a few people here that aren't getting enough sleep. There's right. a lot of people not getting enough sleep. You know, and there's been, there's been other studies, you know, linking, you know, lack of sleep to cardiovascular disease and everything oh, yeah. else. So. Well, there's even been the, you know, the night shift workers, which they're, mm. they, they, there's a lot of research that's come out on how bad that is for you. And I understand some people have to do it. Some people have to work that shift, and I do understand that. But they, it's increased obesity, increased diabetes, right. increased you know, hypertension, increased chance of cancer. Incre- I mean, there's everything that goes along with that because people that do night shift work rarely get enough sleep. No, they'll come home do. and sleep two hours here and then get up and do stuff and then they'll sleep two hours here and that's just definitely not enough. Yeah, that's, and if, uh, that's if you want to be healthy overall, you have to have your sleep. And, and you know, and, and they say that, you know, probably seven hours or more. Right. 
and you know, a lot of folks think that, okay, if I sleep seven hours a day or a night, whenever, and you know, I'm just sleeping my life away. Well, actually not. No, you have to get, I mean, I'm one that I get at least nine hours of sleep. She does. I do. I sleep a lot, but I have to. And yeah. so it's one that, I mean, to me, if I get a lack of sleep, I don't function at all. No, that's so true. it don't matter what I take and what I do if I don't get my sleep. Well, you know, when we talk about sleep, and, and what a lot of folks don't realize is during the day when you're up and awake, your body does minimal repair da- of damage. Now, when you lay down and go to sleep, it's when you, it's that's when, you when heal. your body heals. So without sleep, you know, there goes pretty that's much That's why everything. at nighttime, that's when I take my GHR, which is your growth hormone release that helps right, repair. Right. I take my collagen to actually help right. with joints and skin yeah. and hair repair. So I take all my stuff for repair right before I go to bed. Yeah. And then right. I get my nine hours of sleep and then <laughs> to the next day. As they say, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed the next day, right? Right. All right. Now, another interesting study... And this one, oh God, we talk about this one until I'm, you know. And this, we're, you know, we're seeing more and more of it, so it oh, needs yeah. to be talked about because well, it, it does. You know, people need to know diabetes has Young, gotten, yeah, oh, it's crazy. It's gotten so common that people think nothing of it. Right. You know, it, it's even one of the leading. If you look at the world, it's not just here in the United States. No, it's everywhere. I mean, the World Health Organization, the WHO, uh, they say that it's probably one of the fastest growing things around the world, not just oh. here in the United States. So it's it's growing everywhere. I guess we're we're feeding all those poor people in other countries the American diet and guess what? They get diabetes too. So but they, they did a study and uh, this was about cardiovascular disease and women's health. Right. Hmm. And they looked at seven thousand women yeah, not just that a few. were forty five years old or younger. Younger. Right. Young. Young. That had had heart attacks. Right. And they said those that had diabetes produced six times the higher risk for heart attack. Yes. Six times. Now, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, you know, my last A1C was only, say, 6.1 or 6.2, so I'm not really diabetic yet. Guess what, sports fans? You're pushing the door. You're knocking right. on that door. And you're already causing damage. Oh, anything and, above 5.5. Right. And tonight mm-hmm. on our show, with us talking about plaque and plaque buildup and how to reverse it, we're going to mm-hmm. be talking about how blood sugar and how diabetes is one of the leading causes of the problem. It really is. So this shows it right here that you know diabetics that are women that are 45 years or younger are you know, six ti- sixfold more likely to have a heart attack. Now, they're fourfold times worse off as far as high blood pressure. Right. And then, of course, if you look at, you know, high cholesterol, three times. Actually, smoking is less risk than all these. Yeah. You know, a lot lot lower than this. So, you know, everybody's always, you know, and and smoking is not good. No, it's not. I'm not saying it is, and no way would I say it was, but diabetes and sugar is even worse. Well, if you you figure current smoking was 1.6 times more likely to have have a heart attack. And if you've got diabetes, you're six times. Now, right. That's a pretty significant difference. So if you stop smoking and keep eating sugar, you're still, you're still not going to have a, You're still going to have that, that ill-fated heart attack. There's right. no doubt about it, you know. No doubt about it. Now, another interesting little study, and we won't spend a lot of time on this, but it's, I thought it was kind of interesting, came out of the University of Columbia, uh, Colombo. Um, it talks about zinc and zinc supplementation and serum lipids or cholesterol. Yeah, it actually showed that 
you know, really, when you got down to what it said, it showed that zinc plays a vital role in the insulin action and carbohydrate metabolism, which right. we talk about all the time, you know, blood sugar and insulin and well, the way it works and carbohydrate thing, right? metabolism. Mm-hmm. It affects the lipids, no doubt. And they found that zinc helping this actually helped your lipids as well. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you don't normally see zinc linked with the lipids, but... This study showed that it does help it. Well, you know, and zinc, you know, zinc does so many things for us. You know, it helps the immune system. I mean, it's, it's greatly employed there. Uh, and like I say, now that we see this thing about how it helps in carbohydrate metabolism. And, you know, we find that so many people, if you actually go so far as to do their zinc test, unless they've been supplementing with zinc, they're usually, it's usually low. low, very low. And, you know, maybe they're taking a, a, a very inexpensive multivitamin. It doesn't have very high doses or has very uh, non-absorbable type forms in it, and they just don't get enough zinc. And, you know, you don't, we don't get enough, uh, our soil is depleted. So, you know, it kind of makes it a, a bad deal all the way around. Now, the next segment here. Of course, so something speak, we talk about every week. Yeah, it's the vitamin D segment. You know, and because er, it seems like every show we have a vitamin D segment. It, it is. Well, the research that's coming out keeps coming. I mean, and, I mean, this, tonight, just in the past week, there are three different studies three. On, the, on three different problems right. that are showing that it plays a vital role in. Yeah, Alzheimer's. Uh, macular degeneration. Macular degeneration. Uh, and the other one is o- oxidative stress. Oxidative stress. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, good Lord, this stuff is, I mean, and this is every week, folks. If you're not taking vitamin D, and if you listened to our show a couple weeks ago about K, you know if you're taking D, you, you need really need to be K2. taking K2. And that's well. another thing we're going to be talking about tonight in the reversing plaque because right. you never want to take the D without K2. Right. But, okay, yeah. what else did this say about vitamin D? Now, this first one is about how it plays a role in preventing macular degeneration. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are worried about that. It tends to run in families and it tends to be have a genetic risk. And they've actually found that even though it has a genetic risk, it's still the vitamin D status made a difference in who actually developed the age-related, you know, macular degeneration. Now, I thought that was kind of interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time now, we've said that, well, we certain genotypes, you know, you're pro- more prone to developing this, this problem. Well, this particular study said even if you've got that genotype. Yeah. If you've got sufficient vitamin D, you're less likely to develop uh, age-related macular degeneration, or AMD, they call it. And that's important because that'll actually, it makes you go blind. And a lot of people, you know, do have the beginnings or even advanced macular Mm -hmm. degeneration. And they showed that you want to be at least in range on this study. Right, at least. And and now that if you do happen to have that that high-risk genotype, and you're deficient in vitamin D, you are 6.7 times more likely to develop it. Whoa, that's big. Right. That's big. Now, the other one was about, uh, uh, this is huge, Alzheimer's. Right. Oh, my God. This is everywhere. I mean, this is probably something that's talked about more in the news uh, in various forms. Well, it's, it, it's, it's on the rise. It is. There's so many people that are getting Alzheimer's and, and other dementia. Right. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's... People have lived longer, so there's so many of these people living that it's actually their kids are having to take care of them. Yeah. And so a lot of people, the kids themselves are the ones that worry the most about getting it later. Well, you know, I had somebody in, uh, I think it was last week, and this lady was, she's 40-something, mm-hmm. and her mom is like 60-something, about 70. And she's developed Alzheimer's, had Alzheimer's now for four or five years. 
And, you know, this girl is literally petrified that, hey, this could happen to me. And uh, rightfully so. And rightfully so. And, you know, and, and it's like almost to the person, like I talked to about four people today out of town, uh, various people had called in, like from the show and so on, and they uh, talking about they you know, had their lab work done recently. I said, did they do your vitamin D? And they looked, no. Oh, my God. Check the vitamin D. And, of course, all of them said, well, can you do that? Sure we can. So that's, you know, that's something. That and on this do. study about Alzheimer's, yeah. you know, the level for vitamin D is, is 30 to 100 of right. the nanomoles per liter. Per liter, right. And even in this with Alzheimer's, they say that you're at risk if you're not above 50. Yes. So it's not just saying you want to be just barely in range. Like this other one on macular degeneration actually said just being at 30 was okay. Was okay. And that more did not make a bigger difference on whether you got it or not, just mm-hmm. as long as you had enough. This study on Alzheimer's actually said you want to be at least at 50. Mm -hmm. And what we always tell people is optimal. We like it 50 to 80. I don't like people getting too high either because you can get too much. Well, they call it the Goldilocks region. Right. You know, Goldilocks. Not too much, not too little. Just right. right. Just right. (laughs) Just enough. That Goldilocks. I like that. So, you you know, D is just so important. Yeah, it really is. And we stress that every week. And if you have not had that D level checked already, you need to get it done. And the last one was about uh, vitamin D and its oxidative stress. And we're coming up on a break here pretty soon. But just just needless to say, this particular study was about this oxidative stress. And and it was huge and talks about how it it protects uh, against this oxidative stress and oxidative stress. And how it helps the muscles. Right. Even the muscles. Right. All right. We're coming up on a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about that plaque in those arteries. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. There's something special about doctors' nutrition. Where else can you go to speak with an actual doctor without an appointment, without any cost, and receive consultation about your health? One thing's for sure. That kind of service is hard to come by. And with more and more confusion about Obamacare, Medicare, medical insurance, and the like, isn't it time that you exercised your right to choose when it comes to your own health care? That's why Doctors Nutrition is perfect for you. Doctors Jim and Janine Fox will sit down with you, talk about your health, order affordable lab work, and help you understand exactly what is happening to you. Then together, you'll continue the journey of living healthy and being healthy. And it's more than just words. It's evidence backed up by piles of relative research and years of practice. For your health, choose Doctors Nutrition. Call toll-free at 800-824-0194. Online at doctorsnutrition.com. There is a fact that we must all face. And that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally. And maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. 
You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're talking about reversing heart disease and reversing that plaque that causes it. And, you know, preventing and reversing is always a good thing. Prevention is we you know that's what we talk about every week because oh, when yeah, you look that's, into that's the big thing when you look into alternative medicine that's what you're looking at you're looking at prevention yeah. I mean yeah we might run into things that are already started or already a problem but you want to keep it from getting worse you just don't want to wait until something happens mm-hmm. and unfortunately I think we've seen all too much in allopathic medicine is that they wait until something happens and right. so you have to actually you know get something done beforehand yeah and you know um i've talked to two or three people in the past you know several days about this this particular issue and you know they were concerned about it because they'd had a, an issue with you know carotid stenosis which is you know uh, placking in the the carotid right. arteries in the side of the neck and you know that's that's a big issue because if it gets too bad you know they talk about surgery for that and so on and so forth and you know it's it's really rampant I mean, it's, it it's, it's not a, uh, an uncommon thing. It's so common. And, you know, the problems that we see, and if you look through all the research, and, you know, God knows for years we've dig, dug through, you know, research on, on this stuff and so on. And one of the keys of everything is really inflammation. Right. Inflammation damages the mm-hmm. endothelial wall. Mm-hmm. And when you get the damage, the wall of the vessels, then the body has to lay down plaque to actually patch and, it up. It's and, like a patch. And, and it is. And, you know, and everybody says, well, cholesterol is the problem. Cholesterol is the problem. I think if you listen to any of our past shows, you know that cholesterol is probably not the problem. It's probably not the whole problem. Cholesterol is simply an innocent bystander that gets called into action when you have damage to that endothelium and the body starts to patch it, trying to protect, you know, trying to fix the, the damage. And it puts in these certain immune cells. And they go in and, and build something called a foam cell, which is kind of protecting that, that endothelium. And when they do, you know, of course, the cl- uses cholesterol, collects cholesterol to kind of form up the patch and making the plaque. And, you know, that's, that's the real issue. So, actually, cholesterol is secondary. Right, because the inflammation is what caused the problem in the first in place. In the first place, right. And when you start looking, you know, what makes inflammation? What makes the inflammation in the arteries? And when you start looking at that, you get into a few different factors that can do it. And the diabetes that we talk about over and over and over (laughs) is probably one of the main culprits. That's That's why they know that if you're diabetic, you're at real high risk for heart disease and heart attack. Well, not only diabetic, the pre-diabetes. Yes, the pre-diabetes as well. As well, you know, because, you know, all the, the, the current literature within the past year or so, and you start digging through that, and it says, well, it's not just diabetes. It's like, okay... 
You know, because right, I, it's not just diabetes. No. But and if you see the people that come in that I see that actually have a lot of the. They've already had a heart attack. So they come mm-hmm. in saying, well, I've had a heart attack, and they may be really young, mm-hmm. and they have the high triglycerides mm-hmm. and the low HDLs. Uh, it is a pattern. A pattern. Mm-hmm. It is not necessarily the high cholesterol. It's more about the triglycerides and the low HDLs, which goes along with insulin resistance. It does. And yeah. insulin resistance leads to diabetes. It does. So it, it happens in the pre-diabetic stage. That's why you don't wait until you're – I have more people that have – that their doctors say, oh, you don't worry about it, you're, you're not diabetic yet. Well, yeah, it's coming, and it can still cause the plaque in the arteries. It can still mm-hmm. cause all the damage. It causes inflammation at that point. It causes all the problems. Yeah, well, actually, some of the research has shown if that A1C, and we always talk about that hemoglobin A1C, if it goes over 5.5 or greater, no, you're not diabetic by definition. But here's the thing. It starts getting that high, you're starting to do damage. Now, if you do damage to that endothelium, guess what happens next? You start building up plaque, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and another big thing is when people come in, one of the first questions, you know, when people come in and sit down with us and say, mm-hmm. okay, what lab work do I need done? You know, one of my first questions is, you know, do you, you have any heart risk in your family? Oh, yeah. And if they say, it well, a lot right there. my dad died at 89. I'm like, okay, well, that's not a big genetic risk. Well, Unfortunately, right. you look at the age. Right. Now, if somebody comes in and says, well, my dad or my mom had a heart attack at 45 years old, that's a huge genetic risk. Huge. And I don't care if you do everything right, you need to be paying a lot of attention. To a lot of these problems. A lot of these, right? yes, because your genetics alone can actually put you at risk. Doesn't right. mean you can't do something about it, but it means you need to pay more attention to it. And it doesn't matter. I have more people that say, oh, but they were, they, but they smoked. Well, smoking is a factor. It and is. There is no doubt that you don't want to smoke. But it's not the only factor. But actually, if we saw in that, in that study, we talked about it in the, in the news. Yeah, the diabetes was way higher risk Six than smoking. Times. High blood pressure was way bigger risk than smoking. So if you have these other factors, it doesn't matter if you smoke or not, if you have these problems. Right. And then, of course, you got to mention one of the big ones is obesity. Well, that kind of goes along with diabetes. Yeah, but not always. Not always, but... But it kind of does, and then you have people that are diabetic that aren't overweight. I had a man today that was shocked when he found out he was diabetic. Shocked, right? Because he's not overweight. He thought he ate well. Now he he when I got <laughs> talking to him, he didn't. <laughs> and, never and I mean, but his wife was like, "Oh, I thought he'd be the last person to get diabetes because he eats so well." I said, "Okay, how's what he, did he do? How's he eat?" I and she know. said, "Well, he don't drink cokes." And he don't eat, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not the only thing. Well, but soft you, drinks is good. Yeah, yeah okay, it's uh, good that he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But you, got, you guys talking, he ate cereal, uh, lots of bread, uh, rice. I was like, okay. Th- so he's a that, carb junkie. Exactly. You eat too many carbohydrates. Okay. Yeah. And so, but he always thought he did so well because he didn't do high fat. He didn't do Cokes. He tried to stay, you know I mean? He yeah. didn't do sweet tea. He tried to stay away from things that he knew, but yet he found out he was diabetic. Well, you know, it's like, and you brought that up. It's kind of funny. Today I was talking to somebody, and, and they said, well, you know, I've got a pretty good diet. I, I'm looking at their A1C, and, it, okay, it's not real good. And I said, well, okay, let's, let's talk about a day in the life of. And, you know, so I don't really do any of these, these, these high-carbohydrate things. I don't do pastas and things like that. Okay. First thing that out of her mouth about breakfast, Cereal. oatmeal. Oh, oatmeal, yeah. I said, oatmeal. She said, oh, that is a cereal. I said, see? Yep. She said, oh, my God. 
I don't eat well. And most people put brown <laughs> sugar in it and don't think well, that's bad either. She didn't. Bless her heart, she didn't do that. But but she did. You know, she was putting like a, a you know double handful of like uh, blueberries or something in there, yeah. which is just a little too much fruit. But needless to say, you're starting out with a a you know highly carbohydrate meal in the morning, and you know. And not getting any protein with it. Right. And not getting any of the good fat with it. So there's a lot of, you know, people think they have a good diet and they don't. So when you start talking about plaque in the arteries, you really get back, like I said, then you talk about inflammation being the cause. So Mm -hmm. many things increase inflammation, including your diet. Right. And so, you know, I know y'all get tired hearing it out there, but we always go back to diet. (laughs) Because we always say, you know, that's where health starts. You got what you put in, makes a difference. Well, garbage in, garbage out. Now, you know, like I said, you know, the big things we look at, like we talked about, genetics. Mm -hmm. What happened in your family. Right. Smoking, that's something you can definitely control. Mm -hmm. Obesity, something you can control. Diabetes, something is. You can do something about that. If it's type 2, you can. Mm -hmm. Type 1, a little different. Yeah. Um, you still have to watch what you eat, even if you're a type 1 diabetic. Yeah, even if you've got an insulin pump, you've got to watch what right. you eat. So yeah. the type 1s still have to watch it. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit different because they'll never completely reverse it because they do have pancreatic failure. Mm-hmm. But the insulin resistance is so huge. It's so much on the rise. And now another big thing that I've seen, and there's no question it increases inflammation. No question I think it ends up causing other problems is synthetic hormones. Ooh, in the females, yeah. Oh, it's it's bad. I mean, bad. when we actually, these, you know, so many of these females, I had one that's on, was yesterday. I mean, she is was on a statin drug, on a statin, but she was also on a high dose of estrogen. Mm. Her particles were sky high. Your small particles are supposed to be under 527. Right. Hers were 1,600, and Ooh. that was on a statin drug. Wow. Yes. Her triglycerides were high, though, so she's insulin resistant. Yeah. She, I mean, everything, and I'm like, I don't care what medicine you're taking that you think is protecting you. Well, this ain't good. No. You know, and I, I, I saw one yesterday that was kind of interesting in that the patient had an A1C of 5.1. Yeah. You think, wow, that's pretty doggone good. But the insulin was 35. It's <laughs> <laughs> 39 something. Okay, okay, even worse. Yeah, it was worse. It was way up there. So, you know, okay, we've got the A1C under control, but we've got this huge amounts of insulin. And, and while we're talking about insulin, insulin is a very big pro-inflammatory right. molecule. And when you talk about insulin, you look at insulin under a microscope, and it kind of looks like a, I mean, around the South, we call it a rocket jaw. But I think people call them different uh, things in different areas. Cucklebur. Cucklebur. Yeah. Like a little, the ones you step on in the yard, they really hurt because they're sticky. Yes. Well, that's kind of what insulin looks like under a microscope. Yeah. So if you do this huge amounts of in- insulin, mm-hmm. whether it is injectable insulin, but eat what you want and just take more insulin, or you're eating foods that you shouldn't, Right. And it actually elevates your body's insulin to be able to handle it. It's actually going through those arteries and pricking it up. Yeah. And when you prick up the arteries and cause an inflammatory process, then you're going to start laying patches. Right. Which those patches are your plaque. That's right. I mean, that, that's, you know, uh, you can't say any better. And it's like, you know, when you see that pattern, matter of fact, this lady had been told that you're, you're, you're okay because your A1C is 5.1. She's, it was good. Yeah. I mean, but with when that you kind see of that, insulin, when you see that insulin, that's 30, I was 30, like that say, means it's 37, one day she's going to instantly like be diabetic. Oh, it's going to crash. Yeah. You know, that, that pancreas is just going to, you know, say, okay, I quit and walk away. And when it does, you're, you're a, now you're an adult type one. Right. Because that entry, a pancreatic failure is what we call it. 
they call it premature pancreatic right. failure. But still, it's pancreatic failure, and you're in deep, deep, deep. Now, one of the risk factor in the plaque and the heart disease is toxins. Well, um, anytime you're exposed, if you're in a job that's being exposed constantly to chemicals and toxins, and you're not doing anything to actually detoxify, right. it can also set up that inflammatory response as well. It sure can, and you know, and one of the best ways to get your your toxins if you don't have any. Run out and get you some packaged processed foods. Oh, yeah. Stick it, it in the microwave. Yeah, <laughs> stick and it in that heat plastic it up in bag. Plastic. <laughs> right. And, and, yeah, oh, you'll have plenty of toxins. You won't have to worry about that, I'll bet. They'll be all you need right there. Okay, coming up on a little break here again. And uh, we'll be back and we'll be talking some more about this interesting stuff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally and maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. There's something special about Doctors Nutrition. Where else can you go to speak with an actual doctor without an appointment, without any cost, and receive consultation about your health? One thing's for sure. That kind of service is hard to come by. And with more and more confusion about Obamacare, Medicare, medical insurance, and the like, isn't it time that you exercised your right to choose when it comes to your own health care? That's why Doctors Nutrition is perfect for you. Doctors Jim and Janine Fox will sit down with you, talk about your health, order affordable lab work, and help you understand exactly what is happening to you. Then together, you'll continue the journey of living healthy and being healthy. And it's more than just words. It's evidence backed up by piles of relative research and years of practice. For your health, choose Doctors Nutrition. Call toll-free at 800-824-0194. Online at doctorsnutrition.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. 
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And like the guy said, you can email us or you can even call us. It's uh, toll-free. It's 800-824-0194. Yeah, anytime. Just give us a call. We'll actually talk to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, people have a couple people this week. I told you, I was like, they act like we're surprised when we call them back. (laughs) Uh, I think it's gotten so common when you leave a message, you might get a week before somebody calls you back, but not, not at our place. We try to do it the same day. Okay. We do. Now, of course, yeah. if it's over on a Friday, we don't yeah. work on Friday, so it will yeah. be Monday. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. okay, back to things, and we want to talk about testing that you need to do. If you are at risk, if you have any of the risk factors. I'll say things, that family history. The family history, yeah. which is a big one. Mm-hmm. What testing do you need to have done to know where you are? Well, you know, you always start out with something simple like an EKG. Yeah, you, you want know? to make sure that you haven't shown having an old heart attack. Right. Or you want to make sure your heart's in rhythm, and there's, you want to make sure there's, right. I mean, there's a lot of things that will show up on an EKG. We do a lot of EKGs on, on our local patients, and you would be surprised right. the number of things that show up on the EKG that they have right. absolutely no idea about. Like you said, old heart attacks. Now, a lot of times it is cardiologists that actually do the EKGs. Um, some doctors, internists have them in their office. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we do have one in our office, but we are down in South Mississippi. Um, but right. now another thing is an echocardiogram. That's usually done at either in the, there's certain places it'll do an echo, but most of the time that's cardiologists going to do right. that. Right. Now there is, I know in our area, and I think it goes around to a lot of areas or something mm-hmm. they call the lifeline screening. Right. And you hear of these, you'll get maybe things in your newspaper or things that say they're doing a screening. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they do, they can do echocardiogram sometimes. Now mm-hmm. other times what they're doing is carotid ultrasound. They Which always do important. those. Right. Exactly. Because if you're starting to have placking in the carotid arteries, then you might possibly be having placking in other places as well. Well, chances are. Chances are it's not just going to be in one spot. So that mm-hmm. is actually, you know, the echo tells more about the valves of the heart and make sure the heart is functioning at capacity and that you don't have congestive heart failure. Right. And so the echo shows different things as well. And then, but most of those lifeline screenings, and I'm, my guess is they're all over the country. Somebody's um, doing something. Yeah, like in the that. U.S. There's yeah. going to be somebody around doing them. And it's a, it's a lower expense. Usually much it's much less. They usually don't deal with insurance, kind of right. like us. Right. Um, they do it. A lot less expensive, but that way you can just go straight there, have a screening, and find out what it says. Now, something else that's really interesting to do is what we call a calcium score. Now, a calcium score, typically, you're going to have to have a cardiologist or somebody there to order it for you. But what's really interesting is over the years, we've watched calcium scores and dig this. The price is going down. Oh, much down. Because when they first came out, it's a CT scanner is what it is. It's a type of a CT. High speed, they call it. Yeah, it's a high speed CT scan. And they look at the calcium in the arteries and they can tell from the calcium score what your likelihood of having how much plaque and in what arteries right so it's a pretty good test well, it's and a it's, real good yeah test. it's a real good test um when it first came out it was really it was more expensive was i know around expensive. here it was probably close to a thousand dollars to yeah. actually have one done well the insurance company started not paying you know they started denying you know paying for it yeah. so they started saying we're not paying for it that's more of a prevention more of a health mm-hmm. you know overall wellness and so it stopped being paid for. Well, I know locally where we are at the hospital, you can get it for $75 now. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a really good test. And it depends on where you are. But it, it is a good test to see if you're at risk. Yeah, it really is. And, and it, it really gives you some, some valuable information, especially if, you know, if something comes back where your calcium score, say, is over 100 or higher. You know, you know to do something else. You, you need know to start to doing very, something. Very, 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 very aggressive. Yeah, very yeah aggressive. start doing right. stuff. Yeah. Some of the things we're going to talk about in just a minute on things yeah. that you can do to reverse the plaque. Yeah. Um, now, something that you know, we get everybody that comes in and says, "Well, I've had my cholesterol checked." Okay, cholesterol is not only the, the test you need. 
and there's specific kinds of cholesterol tests that you and I talk about right. all the time. It's called, we use the NMR. It's called the Nuclear Magnetic Resonance uh, Lipo Profile, or NMR Lipo Profile. And what it does is it breaks that cholesterol down into its little pieces, and particles we call them. Right. And, and you know, that's the, the neat thing about it. You can actually see the size of these particles. Right. And if mm-hmm. they, like we talked about just a minute ago, even somebody that was on a statin that came mm-hmm. in that did the NMR, um, particles were sky high still. Mm-hmm. And you can actually have normal cholesterol and have high particles. And if those particles are really small, then they're the ones that are more likely to start causing plaque and be laid down to actually cause more plaque. Mm-hmm. And especially with the other factors, too, that you have can all make a difference. So it's just another one of those valuable things to know. And it's not most NMRs that we've heard are also denied at insurance companies. Not all of them, unfortunately, yeah. but some of them are because they're a more expensive test. And, you know, they're not really expensive, though. I mean, we do a plain NMR for $75. I was going to say, it's, it's so not, it's that not expensive. expensive, but if it's charged, we've had people charge 850 from other places. Yeah. That's so true. we charge not a huge amount, but other places do. So. Yeah. That is just one that I think people need to have, especially if they're at risk. Well, I think especially if you've got risk, and, and, and especially if, you, if you've got that high cholesterol you, you know, or elevated cholesterol at all, you want to know, what are my particles? Right, because I've had some people I've checked, and their particles are low, even though their cholesterol's high, so it's not dangerous for them. I had one today, and their small particles, which we want them to be below 527, they were less than 90. Oh, yeah, that's real good. And they were huge, big old fluffy particles. You know, that's not a problem. Right. That's not the issue. Now, we do still... Now, one other thing that we're going to talk about, homocysteine. Now, homocysteine actually mm. is can plaque up an artery quicker than cholesterol. And this particular person had a high homocysteine, so even are, though their particles were small. So, so they're still at risk. Right. Still at risk. And right. they're... I mean, you can lower homocysteine, and that does tend to run in families. Mm-hmm. So especially people with any genetic link to heart disease mm-hmm. definitely needs to have their homocysteine checked. And also, right. not just those with heart disease, those with dementia and Alzheimer's oh, dementia that we talked about. For that because one, yeah. that's another thing that tends to elevate homocysteine, mm-hmm. so it's a good thing to know anyway. Right. And there are things you can do to lower it. If it, all of these things that we talk about, there are things you can do to lower it. It's actually, not like you can't change it. No, it's natural medicine stuff. Right, natural can medicine can actually change it. Mm-hmm. Now, another test, and I saw it put somewhere, and I thought that was a good way of saying They said it was the fire alarm. Oh, the C-reactive protein. C-reactive protein. Yeah. And we use what they call an HSC reactive protein, which is actually more specific to the arteries. Yeah, the high the sensitivity, right. But they said when that's elevated, it's your fire alarm going off. And I have heard more people that have brought their elevated CRP to their doctors, and their doctors say, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you should worry about it. It's an inflammation marker. It is. And what did we talk about at the beginning of the show? What causes a problem? Inflammation. inflammation. And actually, homocysteine is another one. That technically is an inflammation marker as well. Right. So if you have elevated homocysteine, elevated C-reactive protein, you have an inflammatory process going on. Right. Which says you have a start of a problem. Yeah. Now, we, you know, before we talked about the hemoglobin A1C, because, yeah, it's a good idea to know where that sugar is. And you, along with that, you want to do your insulin. So you know what is your insulin because insulin was what? Pro-inflammatory. Right. right. And it's actually going to cause a lot of damage. Right. And you need to know what your A1C is to see if you are pre-diabetic or diabetic and increased risk just from that. Yeah, because you can be. Now, you know, something else, you know, if you've got all these little things going wrong there, uh, you want to do something. that I, It's one of my favorite tests to, for somebody that's got cardiovascular history or anything, and that's that fibrinogen. Because fibrinogen is the basically, it's the precursor to something called fibrin, 
And fibrin is what holds clots together. Right. So if you got a really high fibrinogen, you got a really good chance of making clots. Right. And it, and it puts you at risk not just for cardiovascular, well, strokes. strokes. It does put you at real high risk for strokes when the fibrinogen's high. Heart attacks. Heart attacks as well. Mm-hmm. So fibrinogen is another just important marker. And then one that anybody, probably everybody out there has had checked is your blood pressure. Yeah. And don't just ignore it. I mean, if it's high and it stays high, don't ignore it. No, that's it. Well, I, I think that's a, one of the keys is not ignoring any of these things. You know, if you've got a high homocysteine, that's something you can do about it. You know, if you've got a high C-reactive protein, there's things you can do about it. You know, like, you know, that's the, the thing. You have to have this information so you know. Right. Now I know what my problem is. Right. And now we're going to talk about what can you take for some of these problems. Oh, we mean things that we can do for them. Yeah, like the homocysteine. When homocysteine is elevated, Mm -hmm. it actually a lot of times is a genetic problem where you don't utilize folic acid properly. Well, the methylation process. The methylation process. It's a huge thing. You can't just use regular folic acid to lower it. You want to do a combination of your methylated folate, the methylated B12, your betaine and B6 mm-hmm. is some of the things to lower homocysteine. Mm-hmm. And we even will put people on a combination of those. Ours is called methyl CPG. Mm-hmm. And if that's not enough, then we can add extra of methylfolate on top of it. And sometimes you will to have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to, depending mm-hmm. on how high the homocysteine is. Mm-hmm. Um, but all these things we're talking about, you can do something about. Um, if somebody has the high particles, mm-hmm. now, and they're really, really small, niacin. Niacin is really good. Now, it will, it, it, in some cases, it will cause a flushing. It can. Even it though can. ours is non-flush, it, still, it still can do it because it, it's almost like the true, true, true non-flush ones don't work. No. If, um, it, if it truly doesn't flush, yeah, right. it's not going to work. It, it really don't work. But the, we have one called niacin SR, and it does tend to make, the more fluffy ones. It makes the fluffy particles as right. opposed to the, the itty-bitty ones. And you want big old fluffy particles. Right. And we do use something called coleast if we actually also need to lower those particles. Lower so, those cholesterol all the way around. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we, we there's things that you can help with that. So the NMR, mm-hmm. it's not just that you know the information. You can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Now, something that we always stress when you're talking about plaque in the arteries and I think we've probably talked about this a few weeks ago with the K2, mm-hmm. is do not take calcium and vitamin D3 without taking K2. Right. I mean, that's, you know, there was a study, I think it was about maybe a year and a half or so ago, that showed that, and it, because women are typically the ones that take so much calcium, you know, like you go to a doc and they say, oh, you need to be taking your calcium to keep down your bone problems. Um, and they showed that these ladies that take calcium don't get enough D and K, and they didn't mention K2 in that particular study, but they showed that they had a 30% more likely to have a heart attack. Yeah, from plaque in the arteries because yeah. they're taking all this calcium and it's just being laid down as plaque instead of going in the bone. Right. And K2 actually redirects calcium on where to go. Right. And, you know, and, and calcium, uh, D, I mean, K2 does something else. It makes something called a matrix GLA protein and it kind of picks up extra calcium in the arteries and the places. And actually picks it up, pulls it back into the into the bloodstream, and gets it around to you know to the bone or wherever it needs to go. So it, it's more than just uh, you know keeping down the, the calcium level or keeping that calcium out of that plaque. It'll actually pull it out. And we're going to yeah. talk a little bit more. We got to come up on a break. When we come back. Let's talk a little bit more about pulling that calcium out and some, okay. something really interesting about that. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There's something special about doctor's nutrition. Where else can you go to speak with an actual doctor without an appointment, without any cost, and receive consultation about your health? One thing's for sure. That kind of service is hard to come by. And with more and more confusion about Obamacare, Medicare, medical insurance, and the like, isn't it time that you exercised your right to choose when it comes to your own health care? That's why Doctors Nutrition is perfect for you. Doctors Jim and Janine Fox will sit down with you, talk about your health, order affordable lab work, and help you understand exactly what is happening to you. Then together, you'll continue the journey of living healthy and being healthy. And it's more than just words. It's evidence backed up by piles of relative research and years of practice. For your health, choose Doctors Nutrition. Call toll-free at 800-824-0194. Online at doctorsnutrition.com. There is a fact that we must all face. And that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally. And maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. Okay, we're going to continue on this journey of how to turn around this cardiac. Right, we were talking about pulling out calcium. Right, you know, and something that's been talked about, and I, and I get this question continuously about, what do you think about IV chelation? Okay, IV chelation, and typically they're talking about using a, a compound called EDTA, for IV chelation. Now, IV chelation, without a lot of other ancillary things to go along with it, is really not going to do the job. Right, we yeah. have seen multiple times where somebody's had, one good gentleman I remember had 36 IV chelation treatments and had six coronary arteries that were blocked. Now, he ended up reversing that, but he, he did. did it more with supplementation. So, you know, kind of thing we're talking not about right here. just doing the IV chelation because right. if you don't do any of the factors with it, it's not going to work. Well, it's just and like we do even, K2. Yeah, mm-hmm. we even have an oral liposomal EDTA mm-hmm. that you can do without an IV. And it does help. It's just you got to do the other stuff with it as well. You can't do it by itself. Right. You've got to have that D, the K2, 
uh, and so on. And then you're left with, okay, you got this plaque that we pulled the calcium out of. You still got the plaque. Right. I mean, the substrate is still there. So that's when you have to get into something that we use a lot, uh, something like your natokinase and serapeptidase. Right. And we have a good combination of those. Right. It's called Nato Advantage. Right. And it's a combination of the two, and it actually helps dissolve the plaque that's left. Yeah. Uh, th- those are what we call proteolytic enzymes. Right. Which means they, proteolytic means they eat proteins. Right. And those substrates that's after the calcium's gone is a protein. Right. And they also have a lot of anti-inflammatory action. And what we say Mm -hmm. that inflammation is what starts it. It's huge. So it actually is an anti-inflammatory. And Mm -hmm. natto also, that fibrinogen that we talked about actually you know, we talked about testing your fibrinogen. It mm-hmm. lowers fibrinogen. It does. So it actually eats up the little strings that hold together plaques and clots. Mm-hmm. It sure does. And so it does that. At the same time, it actually helps inflammation. And at the same time, it's been shown beneficial for blood pressure. Right. Now, something else, I, I don't think we could do the show if we didn't talk about omega-3s. you got to have omega-3s. The omega-3 fat, fish oils and omega-3 fats, uh, specifically the EPA, DHA, and specifically EPA, uh, it, the icosapentanoic acid, it is a anti-inflammatory molecule. It improves that endothelial dysfunction. Uh, do, you know, how that endo, endothelium is the lining of your arteries. And omega-3s improve that endothelial function. It also makes your blood less sticky. Yes. So it actually thins the blood a little bit so it's not as sticky to stick together. It's just not as sticky. Right. And also, now fish oils, you can have a lot of different grades oh, of fish yeah. oils. So we do recommend using a pharmaceutical grade um, and also using high enough in the EPA and DHA to make a difference. Yeah, it takes at least probably 1,500 milligrams or more of the EPA a day. Now, if you do two of our fish oil twice a day, two at breakfast, two at dinner, you get 1,800 EPA. Right. And that's the kind of range that you're trying to talk about, you know, to, to actually lower that inflammation and get that endothelium functioning well again. That's what it takes. So there are good, and you, know, you want one that's clean too. You don't want one that's got all the, the dioxins and all that garbage. Right. In you it want too. ours has been cold filtered. Yeah. So it's been distilled and taken out all the toxins, right. and that's that's what you want. Now you know, years and years ago, Doctor Linus Pauling, probably a lot of you probably remember him, uh, fen- phenomenal guy. He really was dual uh, you know, winner of the uh, what you call it, the big award Nobel Prize. Nobel Prize. Yes, that's it. And, you know, he did a big thing. One of the last things he did prior to his death, and, uh, and he was like 94 when he died. But uh, when he died, before that, he had been working on vitamin C and lysine and how he could actually turn around and reverse some of the placking in the animal model. Now, since then, if he was still alive today, he would be talking about a lot of the other stuff that He'd we're talking about. He'd be talking about K2 and yeah. nanokinase and yeah. things with it. Right. Now, some of the other things that has definitely been shown to actually help heal the endothelial lining is like your arginine, citrulline, mm-hmm. and even proline. Mm-hmm. Proline was a biggie. Now, when, All amino acids, Right. Probably. Now, mm-hmm. one thing that we did is we put together an amino acid formula called... Mm-hmm. Amino flow because mm-hmm. it actually helps blood flow. It's got all those things in and it. And it has your lysine, arginine, proline, and citrulline. And we actually made it take with liposomal C. Which, so, which is our C that's highly absorbable. It's almost yeah. like IV and vitamin C. So well, we, And you can't put it in with other powders with it being in the liposomal form. So what we did was we put together this. And, and we knew all along we were going to be using the lipo C with it. Right. So that is – and if somebody comes to us and says, okay – you know, how, how can I reduce this plaque? Mm-hmm. 
we will say the amino flow, the liposomal C, your natokinase, your and ADK2, omega threes, mm-hmm. and and then dependent. If your if your homocysteine's high, we do something for that. Got if it's not, right. if it's not, there's no sense in taking it. Mm-hmm. So you know there there are so many things that you can do to help reverse. Now the tocotrienols have a lot of research. I was going to well. say, you know that people have never heard about tocotrienols. No. To, you know, we've heard about the tocopherols. That's the vitamin E. You know, and everybody talks about alpha tocopherol. That's one of them. There's actually four tocopherols. And then there's four of these guys that are called tocotrienols. So it's a subset, if you will, in the vitamin E family. There's All together, there's eight of them, eight particular ones that we know about in that family. And these tocotrienols, actually, they've actually shown in some research several years back where they could reduce some of this placking in the artery by themselves. Yeah, so the tocotrienols are another really good one, too. Now, we, we do use that also. We use that and a then, lot. And yeah. then there's some ancillary things that just has been shown, garlic, pomegranate, magnesium. And then there's your energy-enhancing for the heart muscle. Now, it's not necessarily that it's shown to decrease plaque. No, but you got to But if your healthy. heart will actually function at a higher capacity... Mm-hmm. It does help, and that's CoQ10 and carnitine and ribose. Which comes like to our ribofuel. Ribofuel has those in it, all those in it. Ah. So there's a lot of things that you can do. People we're, looking think, out, we're looking out for you, folks. Yeah, people yeah. think they get these problems, and they think there's nothing you can do, and there are. There's many things you can do. We talked about a lot of supplements tonight, and if you have any specific questions, you can just give us a call. Yeah. And then a few other things we wanted to note before we finish. One of the biggies is you have to eat a lower Diet, a diet low in the what they call the glycemic index. Right, which is lower carbohydrates. Right. You all, exercise always has to be mentioned. And you always want those good fats. You always want the good fats. You want exercise. Stay active. And another really big one is <laughs> dental health. Yes. You know, uh, we, we need to get uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Elian, uh, Andrian uh, Ellen Ellen Boss. Boss on the show with us because she is an alternative dentist that uh, in the alternative dentistry. And it's just phenomenal what can really be done. And we probably should have health. a show on how important dental health dental is health to your overall right. health. Yeah, we really should. And we'll talk to Andrew about that. They've actually shown that if you have pla- lots of plaque buildup on your teeth, mm-hmm. then there's a good possibility that you have plaque buildup in your heart mm. or other arteries. That's not good. And, the, you know, you've always heard if you get an infection in your tooth, it can go to the heart. There is, there is a lot of links to that. So really we do want to stress, you know, brush your teeth, get your flossing, get your teeth clean, go get them checked. Go get them checked. Sometimes those x-rays can show an infection down in a jaw that you don't know about. And okay. we're not a big fan of root canals because no. it just lets a, a dead tooth get an infection and you don't even know it. That's right. So, you know, there's a lot of things for dental health that you can do. And stop smoking. Well, we, we've talked about that earlier. No, don't, no smoking. No smoking. And get sunshine. Oh, yeah. Get some sun. It doesn't only make you, it helps with the health. They've actually shown that it actually helps what they call sulfonated cholesterol, right. which has been shown to actually help plaque it in the arteries. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt it increases your vitamin D, which we talk mm-hmm. about every week. Talk about that all the time. It increases your serotonin and it makes you happier. And there is like loads of other chemicals that the that, that sun makes that we don't even know about. That's true. You know, we probably don't even know about it. You know, you're right, though. When you get out and you get to sun, well, I mean, you get you, usually if you're getting out and get sun, you're going to get some fresh air. Um, you get that sunshine. You get the vitamins there. You also get, the, like you say, the uh, sulfation of the uh, cholesterol, which is good. Dr. Seneff talked all about that. And you do all these things, and that's what it takes, all these things at one time, to actually live healthy and be healthy. 
Well, we're coming up on the end of the show. The producer's telling us it's time to shut up, guys. So we're going to have to end this one. We've got about 30 seconds left. So tonight, hopefully you've learned something about your heart, how to keep it healthy, how to keep the plaque down. And uh, you can join us next week. We're going to be talking about some just commonly asked Common ask questions. health questions because yeah. we get asked the same questions over and over. So we Seems decided like we'll have a show on just questions that we're asked, asked every questions, week. Right, yeah. So we'll see you back then, folks. Thank you for being a part of Live Healthy, Be Healthy this week. Please join Drs. Jim and Janine Fox next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to your better health. We'll be right back.